Hey everyone, welcome back to The Gathering Movement. So I typically don't do introductions on the podcast, but I'm thinking about doing it. I recently interviewed the incredible Sherry Elise, who is known as the Joy Magnet. She has spoken on numerous stages. She has written a book. She has been all over the news, the media, sharing about this really important topic of joy. And our beginning of the interview actually got cut off. So I figured why not take a moment to introduce her. And why I want to share this is because this is such an important conversation. We talked all about joy and, you know, coming coming back to ourselves through connection with joy. But as Sherry so eloquently shares, it's not that joy is this toxic positivity of only, you know, focusing on the positive and nothing else matters. No, it's she shares how she found her joy in some of the deepest, darkest moments. So I'm very, very excited for everyone to listen to this today and just really feel into her presence. She is a very warm and beautiful soul here on the planet. And I know that you will all enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Yeah, you and I, um, we connected because we were both part of this incredible program, BC and Accelerator, which, you know, brought together just some incredible people, as we were just saying, and really this like team spirit, this community. And it was so incredible just to be in your space because truly like whenever I would see you kind of pop up online, I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's just, you radiate something and it's a deep sense of presence is how I see it. Ooh, I just got, I just got the wave. Yeah, thank you for for that because um, I wasn't always. So it's it's to be recognized for you to see that now is uh, that means a lot to me. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean uh, for for so many of us, you know, we don't we're not. It takes us a, a while and a journey to get there. But how how grateful I am to be here right now and like literally to be here. <laughs> Yeah. And I always say like, it's not about being the loudest in the room, but it's something about inner presence, which I think really aligns with like your big mission of joy and being this joy magnet. So I'd love for you to just share like what joy actually means to you. Thanks for asking that. Um, you know, it's interesting when you say joy and, and, I, and I'll be totally transparent about this. Like when I even use the word joy, sometimes it could feel, I, I could feel other people's thoughts about joy. It's fluffy. It's not real or it's you know not everybody can be that way and i think i used to think that for a long time too but i use the word happy and there's absolutely i believe a difference between happiness and joy and when i share this sometimes with people they look at me like i have six heads because i believe that joy can be felt in pain i believe joy can be felt in grief i think joy can be felt in sadness joy can be felt in the the full human experience and that's the difference for me between joy and happiness is, you know, happiness is dependent on the things that are happening in our life. You know, you you got a job promotion. I'm so happy. You got this. I'm so happy. Oh, my God. And then when things aren't going well, suddenly we aren't feeling happy. Joy for me has arrived when I've arrived. Yeah. It's been fully connected here with you in this moment, experiencing the full totality of life, which means all of our emotions. <sighs> I love that you say this. I'm glad we're even starting here because 
I've always found it so interesting that in this human experience, we have polarity everywhere. You know, we have like up and down, light and dark. We have joy and we also have sadness. And I've always believed that it's in the moments of sadness and grief that we understand higher states like joy. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, as we're often taught that we should only be up here. And I, and I thought that too, and the whole like toxic positivity and stuff, you know, you're feeling something, but I'm not allowed to feel that because, you know, that's not what strong people do, or that's not what positive people, you got to be optimistic, you know, and the whole half glass full. And that was me for so many years because it made sense. It was like, all right, well, if you have a choice between happiness and sadness, I'm going to choose happy, like, you know, or I'm going to choose positive, but we're humans in this space and time. And so when I started gifting myself um, to be able to feel it all, that's when I started feeling my joy rising. And and the gifting of allowing ourselves to feel that experience, it also, it also gifts us with ourselves. Like I got to meet more of myself because I wasn't trying to push those aspects or those parts of myself down. Mm. So, for you, what prompted you to to go deeper and like dive deeper within yourself to, you know, navigate challenge, but also be able to see the beauty in the challenge? Because I spent so many years trying to run away from it. And no matter <laughs> how much I tried to run and avoid what I was feeling, like they just kept coming back. So it was like, well, I could keep just repeating this pattern or I can try to do something different. And for me, that something different was to stop running and to actually face what it was that I was feeling, to sit with it, to try to not change it, to see what it had to say. And um, of course, you know, it sounds easier than what it was. And I actually had a divine experience um, that, that put me literally on that path. Um, and, and for me, that came in the form of, you know, I was, you know, that I was, I was sexually abused when I was seven years old. And at that time, like for so many who experienced trauma, I disconnected from myself. It was too painful to be in that space. And so I spent many years running from the little girl in me uh, who I found out years later just needed me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was on a trip to, I, there was, I was on my way to work. I was waiting tables at the time and I write about it in my book. So it's in much more detail, but I want to keep this concise for everybody. Uh, but truly what happened is that I had a breakdown in my shower. I was starting to have back flashbacks of, I had always looked at what had happened to me from the exterior, like as if it was happening to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And this particular day, I actually felt that day. I felt that moment. And so I had this this breakdown in the shower and long story short, I'm with someone who believes in signs and I turned my computer on. I knew I had to go somewhere and there were flashing signs for Sedona and I had never been to Sedona. I just heard like, Oh, there's like crazy energies there and there's a lot of healing there. So I was like, well, let's go get healed. And I found my way to Sedona. And after quite an adventure there, um, I found myself talking, having a conversation with my seven year old self. Mm -hmm. And as real as, and I always say to people, as real as I'm sitting here with you, so is she. And uh, so I, I basically told her, like, listen, I, I, I have spent so many years trying to protect you. I need to let you go. I need to live my life. And fast forward, when I left, I felt very, 
I felt lighter, but there was something still wrong. And five years later, in the middle of a church in Italy, on the third month of my solo trip there, I heard the voice in this church that said, you weren't supposed to leave her. You were mm. supposed to love her. And when you asked me what began that journey back to, I don't even know if that's what you asked me, but what I heard was what began that journey back to yourself. And that was it. That was the moment where I realized I can't keep running from her and I have to sit with her. Mm. There's so many even synchronicities here. I mean, for me, Sedona has one of the largest like places in my own heart. So much healing has occurred mm -hmm. there for me. Um, so how special and as you're saying this too, I'm curious the response that you typically get when you invite people to talk to their child self. You know, is it is it open arms? Do people understand what that means? Are they ready to go there? Well, it's interesting because I attract a certain kind of people. So a lot have already heard about it. They may not have known how to or what you're supposed to. So there is an openness. And if there's not, I don't hear about it. They probably just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I, I approach it in a very, I approach it in a relatable way, like where I understand when I tell someone a story, like that I'm talking with my seven-year-old self in her camp clothes, like that if it were me and someone had told me that years ago, I'd been like, okay, crazy. Like I get it, you know? So when I share these stories and I share about the inner child, I think there is a truth that rings for people and they understand that there's something there. So there is a willingness sometimes. And then other times it's like, you know, they just don't go down that road with me. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been able to connect so easily because yes, I understand this and a lot of people in my own community would understand what, what this means to, to talk to this just childlike version of ourselves or really envision ourselves in those in those times because so much of our life is created from you know these early childhood experiences, our life view, our perspectives, everything is created during those times. Yeah, and it's amazing to me how we we forget like we believe that you know this was just that part of our lives because we're told you know like you got to fit in and you got to do all these things and take all of these steps and then you become an adult and you have responsibilities and it's like this whole aspect of ourselves we, we close ourselves off to and that's another like there's so many aspects of joy to me like when i think of joy i think about being birthed into this world and all of this freedom and this creativity and all of this magic that we have inside of ourselves and that's who we really are which is you know as why we recognize it in children because I, I when we could see the joy in children and we light up we see ourselves and you know for myself and the people that i work with and i think all of us once we have that moment that moment that has pained us that has wounded us is when we close ourselves off from that because we were so vulnerable right like we were in these open places and then we learn that that's not safe anymore and that's where i feel like we begin that disconnection yeah so everything that you are doing now is like reminding people of the real connection of the reconnection of the remembering right of who they really are of the the joy that's within all of us that's never left it, it's our birthright mm -hmm. yes for sure, I, it's who we are. 
And, you know, it was interesting because I didn't always get that. Of course, this has been part of my journey. Like people used to say, Sherry, you're so happy. I would get that all the time. And every aspect of my life at the time, because after the trauma, you know, I went down the typical, you know, trauma coping mechanisms, all the things like I was in unhealthy relationships with men. I was partying a lot. Like I was doing everything to numb that pain. But people would always say, you're so happy. And because I was so disconnected, I thought maybe I was, but then I would look, I was smart enough or insightful enough to look at my behaviors and go, well, this isn't really my behavior of someone that's like really happy. And it wasn't until I took a missionary trip to Haiti uh, after their earthquake in 2010. And I went there with all of the, these ideas and beliefs of how I would, we were going to help them. And I was going to show up and I was going to love on them. And it was just going to change everything. And of course, as you can probably imagine, they changed everything for me. And what I saw and experienced and felt in the midst of devastation there was something that I had never experienced before. And that was the first time to me that joy was palpable. So, you know, we were going to rebuild an orphanage. And so there were people, there were children without parents, and then there were children without limbs. And there was, it was just a complete destruction. But right under there, under their oak tree was a makeshift church that everyone was just singing and they were lighting up. And I realized then I was like, this is what maybe people are talking about. This is maybe what they see, this part of ourselves that doesn't need all of this material things that understands that this is just who we are. So it was, you know, a, a moment for me. Mm, and just reminding me of the power of like the human spirit um, and this idea of just like resiliency, uh, you know, in the book that was just published the other day called Legacy Speaks, it's all about women who have dealt with challenge, who have dealt with trauma, sexual abuse, and how they've been able to transmute that into something powerful. And to me, like you are the embodiment of resiliency. And I think beyond just us embodying that what you and I are here both to do is empower people that they can see this for themselves too. God, I get so emotional because <laughs> it's hard when you're in it to see your way out of it. And I always say like, it doesn't have to look pretty. Like our journey doesn't have to look pretty, but if you just keep showing up for it. And, and for me, I, in the moment of my abuse, I, I don't know another way to explain this except that I knew that I was going to be okay. And right now I always know that it was a light. It was something inside that was like my guiding. It was my guidance for me. And, and so no matter what I did and all the silly things that, you know, that I try to do, like, I always knew that I would be okay. And that is what I, I kept reaching for and kept showing up for. And then you finally just turn that corner. And so I want people to know that they just have to keep showing up, you know, and it's possible. At what point for you did you realize I've had this, this experience, but you started learning, you started having more experiences of realizing that you're powerful, you're worthy. At what point did you realize, okay, I'm, I'm going to share this message, like on a bigger and wider stage. When did that start to begin? Right when I started learning it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been drawn to that. Well, the first time I used my voice was at seven um, because I did I did prosecute the man. So I was on a witness stand um, telling a courtroom of strangers what somebody did to me. And so in that moment, I already knew that using our voice and sharing was powerful, like that it changed lives. They found that he had done this to other girls. And so I had learned that by sharing my truth that I helped other people. 
Uh, but I had also learned that it hurt people too. So that was a journey of having to find the com the, the security and the okayness of using my voice powerfully. Uh, but as soon as I began like my own spiritual healing journey, like every time I learned something, and I don't know if it's a teacher in me or what that is, but it was like, I was so excited and I just needed people to know. So I turned on video cameras, like way before there were video blogs, now called blogs and MySpace days. And I just, everything I learned, I was hiking here in LA and I just turned the camera on and just started sharing anything that I could um, because I just wanted to make other people's journeys easier than mine had been. Hmm. Thank you for using your voice when you did. Hmm. This is something like I believe in so strongly and we all have a story to share, like regardless of if we're actually, you know, doing this as a profession or whatever it might be like, we all have a story to share. And the way I see using our voices, it's like, it just gives us all permission. Like we're not alone on the journey and anything that's ever told us that we're alone, like that's a lie. Don't listen yeah. to that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for just like taking the first step. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I I just, I honor, I spend a lot of time thanking my younger self for like being brave enough to not listen to what I was told would happen if I shared. And I, I still don't know where that strength came from, but every day I let her know how brave she is and how proud I am of her. And that's why I'm able to continue to show up and do it even when it's hard. And as someone who is a coach and as someone who is a speaker and someone who does this stuff, like it's so important that we share all truths, not only the highs, because we do such a disservice for people. If we just always say, oh, everything's always great. Like I just had a, a Zoom call set up yesterday with someone that we actually met in BSA. And I had so much anxiety yesterday. Like I had that I had and I share that because I'm still a human. And I think it's important to share every aspect of our journeys. Yep. The way I see like leadership in the future is not putting leaders on a pedestal. You know, I think that's something that we've not done wrong, but has just been normalized in society to, to you know, put celebrities, put people of power on a pedestal. And what's happened is we've forgotten about the human experience, which is so much more than just, you know, looking perfect or being perfect. It's about everything else. And it's about reminding ourselves that we are not alone and that we can, it's safe to show up. Yes. And, and I, it's been nice to watch the transition for somewhat like, you know, cause authenticity and vulnerability became a buzzword. Like, and I remember because I've been sharing that for before that became a buzzword, but I got, but I got flack for it though, because I was told in a leadership position that I was running a company that I need to keep certain things under wraps, but I knew intuitively, like it didn't feel like me. I was like, no, I want to share this. Like I need to share this. And so it didn't always go well. Luckily things are shifting, you know, where now everybody shares their story. <laughs> But yeah, I hear you about, you know, this is what we need more of. Have you had um, many teachers or gone down a, a spiritual path? Have you had books that you've read that have been really, have guided you? Yeah. So, you know, when I, there was nobody again, and, and I hate, whatever. In 1981, when the abuse happens, it was like my voice is in my head, like trying to 
<laughs> whatever they were doing. I'm like, well, I got this. So uh, in 1981, there was no one, you know, talking about sexual abuse. The Me Too movement wasn't around, none of that. And so that includes my family who didn't know how to handle it. So from a very young age, I had to find my own way. I had to figure out my own emotions. And so that led me when I was about 20, uh, I had had this devastating breakup. I was engaged with my college sweetheart. He broke, he cheated on me. I broke it off. And so I knew that I had to do something. And so I just started reading. I, I went down the book path and one of the first books that I read was Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And that like opened something inside that made me think outside of my little bubble, like, oh, maybe there's something bigger. And not just God, but something that spoke through, like it was very different than what I had learned about God. And so that sent me first on my path. And then it was, you know, the Wayne Dyers and the Marianne Williamson and, you know, um, Paolo Coelho, the alchemist. I mean, just so much. Yalna Van Zandt. So I did a, a lot of reading. And uh, then I started, you know, personal workshops and going to personal development conferences and I got burnt out on all of that because I, I, I had to find my own voice in all of this. It always feels like, cause I know I experienced this for myself too. I went down this like endless rabbit hole of researching about mm -hmm. health, nutrition, wellness, all this stuff. And then, you know, the self-help personal development books. Mm -hmm. rabbit hole. Yep. And there comes a time in the journey. I know I felt this for me personally was like, you turn into, instead of consuming, you're ready to go inward and then you get ready to, okay, how am I going to share this in a way that feels like good for me and that I understand and I can articulate from like my heart. Yes. And that, and that's what it was. And then it turned into like more creativity at some point, like it just kept expressing itself in different ways. And even now it's hard for me, like there's this Tony Robbins thing that's going on right now. And all of these events that are all like motivational and I can't, even find my, I don't know if it's because I OD'd on it when I was like <laughs> in my 20s, but I can't even find myself getting excited by this stuff anymore because I much rather just sit with my own self and my own guidance and wisdom. And um, so that's, yeah, where really where I'm at. So I have like tons of books that I'm so interested in reading. My nightstand has like six books on it. And I'm like, my fiance is like, why do you keep ordering books? You're not reading them. <laughs> I'm like, because one day. <laughs> guilty of having like five books open at once i think i have it's not your money by tosha silver you're a badass by jensen Chero. Mm -hmm. um the book by oh, i don't remember his name but there's just there's so many and yeah. thank you to all the authors out there who have um, provided us <laughs> opportunities yes exactly exactly <laughs> So I'm, I'm a visionary. I'm a big picture global type of person. I'd love for you to share what you think the world would look like, what the environment would be if we were all tapped into our own inner joy. Peace, world peace. Um, authentic, real relationships. Uh, we would stop needing so much from others and just be able to enjoy and experience and bathe in the light of others without, you know, having to feel like we need something to fill ourselves. Because that's what I feel like the majority of our relationships are like, how can I make myself feel better? How can I how can I soften this wound a little bit more through you? And we often miss out on the beauty of somebody else. Uh, 
So yeah, I just, <laughs> peace, inner world, all of it. Hmm. I love that. And then sometimes I still think to myself, but we live on a polarity planet. So is it, is it part of our human experience to have, you know, all side, sides of the equation? And I remember um, there's a teaching that goes something along the lines of what is a bad man? What is a good man? Hold on. What is a bad man, but a good man's teacher? And what is a bad man, but a good man's job? I might have butchered that, but it's something <laughs> along the lines of polarity. Like, would we have our missions if we didn't have the challenge? Probably not. I know that it's necessary. I just, there's just so much pain. And to at least ease it a bit, like for, for people to just get that glimpse into who they are, because you know there's only only if you're willing to be open to it will you see it, I think. Um, otherwise, you just might miss it. And to have this lifetime, this moment in time, and not allow yourself to see that, like that's what I feel like if we could just connect to that joy that we all just give ourselves that glimpse yeah. of that magic. No, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I mean... We, we do need that because we wouldn't know one thing without the other. Maybe maybe we wish it wasn't to the extent of yeah. pain that people have gone through. And But joy, joy to me and on the vibrational scale, joy is the highest. Joy and love are, you know, the highest vibrations that we can attune to. So just providing people that opportunity to find that, but not through anything external. Yes. That's, yeah, I, I think that's, if I leave anybody with anything today, is that joy is experienced just through the connection with yourself. That's it. Mm, so simple. Right. <laughs> and challenging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, but it really is. And, and the, the simplicity. Just allow your, don't try to shift or change anything about your experience. Just sit with it. Mm, I love this. I love all of it. I love your mission. I love that you use your voice and you are willing to talk about things that are challenging to speak up about, but, you know, willing to do it anyway. Thank you. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to be able to share more of this. These are the things that, you know, carry me. Yeah. So what's next for you? How can people contact you? Do you have anything coming up? I do, actually. Um, <laughs> yes, at the end of this month, uh, you know, it's been a challenge, to say the least, for the last year uh, with the pandemic and with racial injustice, political uprising, all of that stuff. And so I thought what people really need, well, as much as a haircut is great and a new outfit and that fresh look, what about giving people a joy makeover? And uh, so I'm doing a virtual joy makeover at the end of this month on the 29th. And it's just an opportunity for us to get on Zoom to really share space. It's three hours. We're going to meditate. We're going to journal. We're going to dance. You can bring mimosas or mocktails, whatever you want, and just just connect with ourselves. Um, so that's something fun that's coming up. And 
really I'm just I'm working on getting my voice out there still in bigger ways, um, more speaking opportunities and and just coaching who's ever ready to be guided back to themselves. Fantastic. How can people find you? Where are you at on social media? Um, I'm on mainly Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook is my old my old brand name, Sharing with Sherry. And <laughs> yeah, I had a little song, I had a little theme song and everything. And then I was like, once I wrote my book, I was like, you should probably change your <laughs> name. And then on Instagram is Sherry Elise. And you can find all that on my website, SherryElise.com. Perfect. Amazing. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and your words and your wisdom. And just, again, your presence. Like that's what stood out to me so much about you. It's, it's beyond it's beyond looks, it's beyond anything. It's literally like a knowingness, a presence within you that can be felt, it's palpable. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for letting me share this space with you. You're so welcome. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who supports our show and this mission, which is really all about empowering each other. It's about sharing powerful stories and it's about doing this in community because I really do not see a future where we're doing this alone. This is about coming together in challenging times, um, coming together to share our stories and coming together to remember who we really are. So thank you all so, so much. And I hope you guys have just the most blessed and beautiful weekend ahead. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you.